And welcome back to Chop for Time. This is like the Top Gun Maverick movie, the long-awaited release of Chop for Time coming back. I'm sitting here with Thomas. We've added Devin. We've got a little bit of a new look here. My name is Ben. Welcome back. All right, so hey, we're back. Um, we're, we, we've been kind of in mourning a little bit. James is no longer with us. His internship is done. But uh, you know, brother, I love you. But you know, what happens when you lose the best? You just got to go to the next option here. So, uh, but no, man, Devin, uh, tell everybody who you are a little bit. Uh, maybe not familiar with you, or maybe have seen you at church, and uh, maybe don't know you that well. So just give us a little synopsis there. Uh, my name's Devin, and um, recently moved to Grayson back here in 2021 during the COVID epidemic. Uh, before that, I lived in California, but uh, in 2017 moved out here with uh, my wife and daughter to Lexington, and then we found a beautiful house here in Grayson. So. Um, we uh, have kind of a history. Um, I have uh, been in, been saved since about 2000, well, excuse me, 1991. Um, I got saved inside a prison. And um, so I will share that testimony at a different time, but it just kind of uh, God had redeemed my life and um, spent time in the Word and ministry inside and got out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're glad to have you, man. Sure, glad to have you, uh, Thomas, our producer behind the scenes. Here we yeah, got so Cameron. I've got my little my little setup. Yeah, feels all feels very official. Awesome. Sounds so, great. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So we're going to be jumping back into um, you know kind of reviewing the message from yesterday. Uh, before we do that, Devin, would you open open us up with a word of prayer, man? I'd be honored. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, giving you thanks and praise for this opportunity that we have to uh, share in your word and talk about forgiveness, Lord. We just, uh, we realize, Lord, your whole plan of salvation is forgiving us and just how important this is in forgiving others and forgiving ourselves and learning the depth of your forgiveness for us. So we just ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to read the scripture that we covered primarily yesterday. That's Philippians 3.13 is the passage we went from. And we've, um, you know, we've been covering a lot about forgiveness here in these this past month, past couple months. And really we made the switch this week to taking the focus off of forgiving others and now more towards forgiving ourselves. So we're going to spend a little bit of time in that. But it was Philippians 3.13, uh, which, you know, Paul basically says no dear brothers and sisters i have not achieved it but i focus on this one thing forgetting what lies behind and looking forward to what lies ahead i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us so that's where we that that was the launching point yesterday Uh, we went through a couple different things we looked at how that was a really important statement from Paul, and not just a quip to kind of transition in his thought, uh, but why that was important to Paul. We went back to Acts, looked at his uh, pre-conversion self as Saul as the persecutor of the church. Uh, you know, we we talked about you know him being able to forget what lies behind or not remember, not 
just dwell on his past. Uh, and then we looked at the story of King David a little bit, uh, you know, Romans 8.28, with God working things together for the good. And we kind of landed on the challenge of what are our areas that we struggle to forgive ourselves. Uh, so with that being said, I'd kind of like to open it up to you guys. What are some takeaways you had from the message? Maybe what are some questions uh, that, that kind of were swirling in your thoughts as we were going through yesterday's message? Well, I thought it was a great message. You know, so many times you hear people say, you know, I can forgive others, but I just can't forgive myself. And uh, so many people get tripped up by that. And I love the, you know, the takeaway from Paul's perspective and David, the one you brought up in David, because, you know, it's great. Paul was such a mighty person and had all these, like you talked about his resume. Wow, that's a, that's a rocker. And then, you know, uh, he goes on, but afterwards, you know, you talked about his sin. He was putting people, to, you know, to death. He was casting his vote against them. He was raging against the church. So it was great. And then David, you know, I mean, wow, this person who was a godly person, yet at the one point in his life, he, man, just sleeps with somebody, commits adultery, and then murder. <laughs> and then, you know, just cover up for And not just, hey, this was something, two years, you yeah. said, you know. And I just felt that was great. Some things that, you know, stood to me is that, you know, when you're forgiving yourself, how do you get to that place of forgetting? You know, mm -hmm. that's a great question. How does one go about forgetting those things which are behind? It sounds easy, but every day for years and years and years, they've been thinking about this sin that's plaguing them and it's bringing, you know, what is the result of that? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's important for us. A couple weeks ago, we covered uh, the... The forgetting, the forgiveness from God and His forgetting. Uh, it's a popular ideal and concept, but God doesn't actually forget our sins. He knows every detail of everything about our lives, including our failures and our sins. Uh, it's kind of a disturbing thought that at any point that God could just flash up on the screen <laughs> you know, the screen of our lives, everything that we've done wrong. Yes. Uh, but according to Hebrews, God chooses not to remember those. Mm. Uh, it's not a forgetting mechanism. It's not a flushing it out of our mind that, okay, I just have no memory of that anymore. It is a, as Paul says in another, in another area of the New Testament, of taking every thought captive. It is that compartmentalizing it to where when we do have it recycled through our minds that, yeah, we remember it. And, yeah, it, it's still a painful memory. It's still a painful chapter of our lives and a painful failure. But we're also taking that moment to recognize that his blood and his sacrifice and he himself is just far more powerful than any of our faults, any of our sins. And I think we see that, you know, with Paul in di different places, you know, not only here in Philippians where he's talking about, because verses, I think it's three through six of chapter three, maybe four through six, he's giving his resume mm -hmm. and all of these things that he's done in Acts 26. He talks about how poorly he treated the church. We have a record in Acts chapter eight of just how bad that he has, uh, that he was there with Stephen you know, that he was casting his vote and he approved of that. But then we also see a couple times in his letters to the churches to where he's talking about sin and sinners, and he makes the statement of whom I am the worst, mm. uh, that I am the chief, chief of all sinners. 
and I personally, this is just just kind of the the filter of, of me interpreting the scripture. I think when he's making those statements, he's probably remembering yes. who he was. So I don't think, and I, Romans chapter seven uh, is is a beautiful. I say beautiful, but I mean it's a powerful reminder of just how Paul was constantly aware of his nature, yes. uh, of, of how he could fall so easily back into sin apart from God. And, uh, and I think that's, that's true with us, too, is that while we're never going to be able to forget, we can push it to the furthest recesses of our minds. We can compartmentalize it as much as possible. But at the end of the day, that's going to come back around. You know, sure. the, your enemy is going to make sure of that. But it's that walking in the recognition and the focus of, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I'm apart from him, I am the chief of all sinners. But at the end of the day, his sacrifice and his blood is still far more powerful than any sin that I can remember in my past. I think that's so powerful because, you know, when we come to the place, when we deal with guilt and remorse, you know, um, and I know that I've, you know that that's a that's a great point because guilt can it can debilitize you make you mm-hmm. s- freeze up inside and cause you to be not what god wants you to be mm-hmm. and you know if that's been your train of thought that you've been beating yourself up over and over again i think you know what you said was basically a substitution mm-hmm. if you've been thinking about this one area of your life and it's been hitting you over it's not it's not from god god is not the author of making you guilty he's come to bring you freedom and i just think that the substitution is hey you retrain god says he's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west and he's cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and like you say god can't forget but he chooses not to bring those things up in an accusatory sense. He's not the accuser of the brethren. That You mentioned that yesterday. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So anytime that stuff comes up, substituting that Jesus' death is enough mm-hmm. and rejoicing in an aspect of the cross is going to bring freedom. And it may not happen. I think that's an important aspect is it? it may not happen in one second. Yeah. It may be you've been doing this for years and tearing yourself up and weighing yourself down. So you have to give yourself time to learn how to bring those thoughts into, uh, into obedience, mm-hmm. into captivity. It's not going to happen just like this. Right. Right. That was one of the things I was thinking about. Like, um, I heard someone share a message at one point on Genesis uh, chapter 3, you know, in the story of the fall, and about how guilt and shame was never part of God's plan for humanity, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't until uh, sin entered the world that one of the first consequences was that feeling of shame. Yeah, um, and that it naked and unashamed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it just sort of warped humanity's view of itself um, away from what God's view of it is. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a good perspective. That's a great point because I think Paul doesn't Paul mention something about in First Corinthians? He talks about that the guilt from the world brings death, mm-hmm. and then he said, you know, but that which comes from God produces life and repentance, and I think that's the whole aspect of learning how to how to how to walk in forgiveness yeah agree agree yeah so another thing that i thought uh was a question you know you talked about yesterday the wrong perspective on romans 820 can you kind of can you recap yeah. what you talked about yeah so romans 828 is one of those uh, what i call mirror verses 
you know, that's one of those verses out of the Bible that you write out, you clip out, you print out, you, you know, it, it's the Pinterest. It's one of the Pinterest ver- yes. you know, passages of the Bible. You hang it on your mirror, you put it in front of yourself, and that's great. That's great. I, I encourage you to do that. Um, but I think that we can be tempted to have the wrong interpretation and the wrong perspective on that. I think it can be dangerous. And here's why I say it's because Romans 8.28 is Paul reflecting on what God has done in his life and that all of these bad things that he's done, God has taken those and worked them for the good. My concern, especially as, as a pastor, as a leader in, in, in helping people through their discipleship journey, is that we don't take verses like that and use those as a license for bad behavior right. or doing bad things, almost like this uh, you know, this pass of, well, even if I'm in our decision-making process in the way that we live, even if I make the wrong decision, God's still going to be there. So I'm not going to put that much weight or I'm not going to put that much prayer or I'm not going to seek God so much in my decision-making process. Because even if I make the wrong decision, the one that God doesn't desire for my life, he'll work it for good. Right. Uh, And that's why we kind of went back to David and that situation with Bathsheba and Uriah. There was no part of that story that I think that God would have looked at and went, that's what I desired. That's what I wanted you to do. Um, and But we also see that David, kind of the second half of his life, was better than the first half. And this is David post all of the terrible mistakes with Bathsheba, with the murder, with the cover-up. I mean, he was a terrible father. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was just so many elements of David's life that was a train wreck. Yes. Uh, and But we look at it, and God still proclaimed him to be a man after God's own heart. But the perspective that I wanted us to have was that it's this doesn't take away from the importance of us making godly decisions and walking in spirit-led wisdom and discernment in our lives. You know, the Romans 6.1. So does that mean that we should continue in sin, that grace may abound all the more? Absolutely not. Certainly not. Uh, So I just wanted that weight to come across, that even though God is sovereign and all-powerful and does take our worst moments and all of our bad moments and work them for our good and his glory, we can't just flippantly go into situations and decisions with going, eh, even even if it's not right, God will make it good. So how would you tell somebody that's suffering from shame and guilt to use Romans 8.28 in a right perspective? To understand what Paul had when he was making those confessions in Romans 7. And I, I know I think it's in Timothy um, and, and maybe in Romans or Thessalonians, I can't remember which, but where he's talking about, I am the chief sinner. Mm-hmm. Um that as you're looking at the situations, as you're looking at all of your failures, to go back and say, if God can make such good and get so much glory out of bad things, how much more good could come and how much more glory could he receive out of godly decisions, out of me walking in discernment uh, and, and being led by Holy Spirit and moving in that direction uh, you know, when we, I mean, we're still raising Rachel in a you know, certain amount of ways, but, you know, she's moved out now. She's into her adult life. Mm-hmm. But as she was growing up, one of the goals that Kim and I had for her is I don't want her having to choose between a bad decision 
and a good decision. I want to help her and guide her into the place that she's making a choice between a good decision and a great decision. And I think that's mm. kind of the same thing that God wants from us as well, mm-hmm. uh, is be so sensitive to his spirit that we're immediately recognizing that, hey, if I make this call, this is not good. Um, but even as, inevitably, I would love to be able to get there. Yes. But I still make bad decisions. Yes. I still make bad calls. All of, every day. Uh, and just that recognition of what Thomas was saying with and what you've alluded to and what I mentioned yesterday is that guilt, shame are not from God. And if we're dealing with that, if those accusations keep recycling in our lives and keep dragging us down, we need to identify that that is a weapon of the enemy. Amen. Uh, and, you know, Paul also says that we are not unaware of his devices. We are not um, dumb to his schemes. Yes. It was like we know how he hits us the, the most frequently and with the most impact. And I think that what we need to recognize when we're working through that guilt and shame of that processing of God making it good is recognizing that if it's guilt and shame, it's not God. So let's find what is God. I think, you know, just in what I hear you saying is that, you know, God's producing freedom in mm-hmm. our lives, yeah. not chains yeah. and bonds, which we put on ourselves mm-hmm. or the enemy puts on us. And I think that, you know, what it is in Romans eight twenty eight is recognizing the sovereignty or the ability of God, he is over everything and he's made a way and that way is the cross. Yeah. And we just, you know, we keep running. It's not just a one-time salvation event that, hey, I just said a prayer and I'm forgiven for all. It's, hey, we need to keep coming back to the cross, to keep coming back to Jesus, to keep coming back to what he did. And that's the way we get closer and more, like Jesus said, you will know the truth yeah. and the truth will yeah. set you free. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be free from those things which would t- tear us down because that's not where God wants us. That stops us from doing ministry. It stops us from, you know, enjoying life. It stops us from, you know, having relationships uh, because those things just tear us down. Yeah. One of the things that that uh, we were chatting with the middle school boys last night in our small group after youth, and uh, they mentioned that uh, Romans 6 passage that you talked about, the, um, you know, should I go on sinning so that grace can, can abound? And it's like, by no means, or yeah. absolutely not. Um, but... So clearly we're supposed to feel something mm-hmm. in response to our sin. Um, but if it's not guilt and shame, and it's usually the word that we usually land on is something like conviction, yeah. how does that look different? Like what's, what's different between um, conviction and shame or guilt? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, in, in my mind, anyhow, in my life, conviction leads us to repentance. It leads us back into this place of where we're re- – I made the statement, I think it was last week – um, one of the two kind of spiritual markers that I use in my you know maturation process uh, and the evaluation of that is how long does it take us between sin and repentance? Mm. Uh, I think that that is an indication of our level of spiritual maturity, and I think that whenever we recognize the the conviction, so to speak that Holy Spirit will rise up within us when we have sinned, when we've made a bad decision, when we're not doing what God wants us to do, that leads us, should lead us to repentance. The guilt and the shame are the more long-term effects 
that the enemy wants you to feel. Like he doesn't want you to feel that freedom. You know, it is for freedom that he has set us free. He doesn't want you walking in that liberty. So even if you're moving into repentance very quickly after sin, if the enemy can't keep you from repenting, then one of the things he would want you to do is be weighted down Mm. and held back in your journey through guilt, through shame. Uh, And that's one of those that if he can't keep you from running the race, he wants you to be moving as slowly as you possibly can. Tied down. Yeah, during during the race. And I think that's the difference. The conviction is taking us to a resolution point for the sin, while guilt and shame just keep us trapped. Guilt and shame in the enemy's eyes is the resolution point. Yes. Whereas the Holy Spirit leads us into repentance as a resolution point for our sins. I think guilt and shame serve as that barrier that keeps us from reaching that resolution point. Now, what about, let's talk a little bit more on a practical side. Um, How about making amends? Is that something that people need to do? Sometimes like this person is really laid down by something they do. How do they go about that? Does that lay into, you know, forgiveness and anything like that? Um, making amends with others or yourself yeah, or... Well, you know, so I guess we could talk both others or yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. is there something that, that comes a part of that? I think that reconciliation, whether it's... Let's talk about with others because that's going to be a little bit less of a subjective concept okay. than, you know, reconciling with ourselves. I think that reconciliation with others, whether we have hurt them or they have hurt us. I think that always needs to be the goal. Mm-hmm. I think that we see that out of 2 Corinthians 5.18, that he reconciled the world through Jesus Christ unto himself, and he has given us the ministry of reconciling the world unto God. Right. So I think that always has to be the goal. Okay. I think that needs to be our prayer. I think that needs to be our hope. But I also know that there are situations where reconciliation is not an option. That's true. Uh, that restoration of a relationship is just not an option. We we covered this in one of the videos that we did of what complete forgiveness is not. Yes. Uh, because you know a few of the examples becomes, uh, what if the person that has either hurt you or that you have hurt, what if they refuse? Mm-hmm. You know the difference. Forgiveness and reconciliation aren't always the same thing, mm-hmm. because reconciliation requires at minimum the participation of two parties. Yes. Uh, forgiveness. That's me. That's right. That's 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 dependent upon me and the choices that I make. Um, but they may not want to have anything to do with you. They may not want to speak to you. They may not want to see you. They may want to interact with you. Nothing. Okay. That's not participation of two people. Um, maybe the person that's hurt you, maybe they're no longer with us. Right. You know, maybe they've passed since the hurt. Uh, there's no reconciling or restoring that. And let's just be honest. I mean, there's sometimes that we know that the healthiest thing for us is to not restore that relationship with that person who's hurt us or damaged us to the place that I, yeah, I think of uh, spouses in abusive relationships. Yes. You know, reconciling that to that same level or more, that's not healthy. No. Um, but I do think that we need to, that, that needs to be our heart. That yes. needs to be our prayer. God reconcile this if possible. Restore this relationship, Amen. if possible. Um, so I don't think that we need to make 
uh, broad brush statements of like, you can never reconcile or you should always reconcile. Right. I think that forgiveness is such a, the dynamics of it is just a case by case basis. I, I love that because, you know, I think it's important that we listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, if, if, if God's laying something on your heart, number one, make sure it's not going to hurt others or it's possible to do those kind of things right there. And even like when you talk about forgiving yourself, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to work for your salvation because we're saved by grace alone, but sometimes God wants you to do something, you know, whatever it is, I'm not quite sure, but you have to just be, hey, what is the Holy Spirit leading you in a direction to do so that, you know, you can trust completely in what Jesus did on the cross. You know, that's your complete forgiveness. But sometimes God wants you to walk in that path of forgiveness, whether it is taking those thoughts captive or whether it's not beating yourself up. I mean, some people slice their wrist, you know, as part of their, that's how they feel horrible about themselves. And they do those things. Other people take their lives. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at this passage. um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So I think there's the the aspect right there, you know, that guilt and shame versus what God's freedom is bringing to us. Yeah, agree. Agree. Cool. Anything else, gentlemen? <laughs> um, Not an awkward segue there yeah. at all. No, uh, I, I always, I, I always forget that I actually have the control of the camera. So when I start talking, I have to remember to actually do this. We're <laughs> it's a work some, in progress. Yeah, we're gonna folks. have some teething problems along the way. For yeah. example, this shot says no card and camera at the top of the screen that I didn't notice before. Oh, good. So, so that's gonna, got the main shot right there. Then. Yeah, yeah, I haven't used it all that much, so I'm going to sort of crop that out. It'll it's be fine. fine. It's fine. So it's we fine. just make this stuff up as we yeah. go along. It's all it's, fine. It's, it's all good. Fine. Was but, there anything we'd missed? Probably. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I'm trying to think if there was anything I was had on my notes. It's going to be more rare if there's nothing that we missed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things we were saying is, we would like to do like a question submission. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So like if you guys are watching this or specifically maybe for the next one is to sort of actually ask questions that are connected mm-hmm. to next week's Chop for Time. Yeah. Is that fair? Oh, to don't say? we want them to like the video and subscribe? Always. So, I mean, that'd be like, hey, you know what? If this has blessed you, you know, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. And if you have a question that is about forgiveness and you're struggling with or something that you feel that needs, please write in the comments below either a question or comment so that we can answer these things. We'll come back on the next shop for time and bring up your questions. Thank you so much. That was so much smoother than any time we've tried to do that. Right. <laughs> We're usually yep. just like, so do the things, like do press, the, do the like, there's a button, like, yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. But anyway. So your takeaway, let's just do a call it your takeaway. Let's, uh, let's do your takeaway for the, you know, and you get 60 seconds or whatever it is. We won't do the 60, oh, 60 seconds, seconds, but yeah. I'll just say. So, um, you know, as we're closing out right now, what would be your takeaway for, you know, the strongest thing that you have for this message this week? Understand that we have the promise that we have a nature change. When, we, when Christ is introduced into our lives, when we give our lives to him, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Your sin nature is no longer your nature. Mm -hmm. You have a new nature. Mm -hmm. So sin is no longer your nature. But the caveat is, even though we don't have the nature to sin, we still have the capability 
to sin. The opportunity to sin is still there. So this laying aside, this forgetting what is behind, that element is so dependent upon having this realization that I am a new creation. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be the perfect creation. God knew that I was going to need forgiveness. Amen. He supplied the sacrifice for that. Awesome. Yeah. What about yours? Um, I would take away, number one, that if you're struggling with unforgiveness towards yourself, that you're not trusting in what Jesus did on the cross. That's mm. number one. I mean, that is a lack of faith. And, and God wants us to believe in what Jesus did. That's enough. You know, we don't need to whip ourselves, beat ourselves, walk on our knees, do anything else. It's Jesus on the cross, and that settles it. Second thing, and how to forgive yourself, um, God doesn't remind himself about your sins. He doesn't talk to Gabriel about your sins, and he doesn't bring it up to you. So let's practice that in our own minds. Let's not bring up our sin to our own minds. Let's not talk to others, unless it's an accountability or a person like that, about your sins. And don't beat yourself up anymore, you know. So I think that's really important and forgive. Forgiveness, forgiveness of ourselves. Okay, that's good. Thomas? Uh, I I think the, the Romans 6 stuff has always been something that stuck out to me. I think there's there's many different types of people. Some people really struggle with forgiving themselves, and then there might be other people who maybe find it a little bit too easy <laughs> to, true. Yeah, to forgive true. themselves, and they don't take their sins seriously enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes I can probably fall into that category because you know when you grow up in the church your whole life, you hear all the things and you get a little bit Numb, numb to it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it can be easy to be like, oh, well, I know God forgives me, which is true, like yeah. completely true, but it's, but it's not taking our sins so lightly that we just use it as a license yeah. uh, or our grace so lightly that we just use it as a license to do whatever we want. Um, and, and I think that that little bit on, on conviction, having that resolution for um, bringing us closer to Christ rather than the shame stuff of dragging us away from Christ. Because that's that's always the thing, isn't it? You know, whenever you mess up in sin or if you have a habitual sin that you struggle with, after you commit that sin, the last thing you want to do is pray. Mm-hmm. Whereas to God, the first thing he wants you to do is pray. Yeah. You know, so it's a big, it's trying to take that mind shift of uh, being shameful about my sin versus uh, repenting immediately yeah. and, and seeking Christ in it, you know? Yeah. Amen. So. Amen. All right. Well, I will pray for us. We'll close out. Guys, make sure uh, that you will be back next week. Uh, follow up. So again, if you've got any questions, comments, anything like that, drop them below, or you can email us to website is fccgrayson.com. You can reach us there. So let's pray. Uh, God, thank you uh, just for this time together today. Thank you for being able to sit down and talk about your word and dive a little bit deeper into what we discussed yesterday. Father, I just pray for everyone that's watching, everyone that's listening here, that uh, there would be uh, this this element of your spirit that rises up within them from the forgiveness standpoint. And we're no longer um, as um, just so quick to keep ourselves in bondage to our failures, our uh, sins, and our guilt and shame, Father, that we would uh, take the words of the Apostle Paul and apply them into our lives of forgetting what is behind um, and pushing on to what you have in front of us. Father, we recognize that it's only through your strength, your power, your sacrifice, and your spirit that we can achieve these things. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today on Chop for Time. If you'd like to see any more of the content that we're putting out on this channel, you can click some of the links that might be on your screen or uh, up at the top right top right of your screen there should be a little link where you can see more of our content. Ben has been putting out regular videos about what forgiveness is not. So go check one of those out and we'll see you again next week.